Welcome to Living Lit, where conversations spark inspiration to live in truth. Journey together with us to explore what it means to live a liturgical life and walk in the truth of our faith. Let's instill a culture in our hearts, homes, families, and world, living a life cooperating with and walking alongside our Lord. I'm Robin Brueggemann. Let's be a light, share the light, shine the light, and live lit. In the studio today, I have with me Father Scott Trainer from the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Thanks for being here, Father. So great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Will you introduce yourself real quick so people know? Where, where, what are you doing for the diocese? Where are you? Thanks. Uh, I'm Father Scott Trainer. I'm priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls for 23 years. I was ordained in the Jubilee year of 2000. Uh, I'm currently signed as the vicar for lay and clergy formation. So all the things from a diocesan effort that touch on the formation of clergy or lady uh, somehow fall to me and the wonderful team I get to work with here at the diocese. Yeah. And you're at Broomtree sometimes. I'm the executive director of Broomtree. That's part of my job and uh, I love Broomtree. I do too. I do too. And so the topic we're going to talk about today is how our mass experience can be transformed mm. and how um, it, it works. When people hear this, they're just, they're going to, their worship experience is going to be changed if they implement these little, simple, easy things that you will tell us about. But I heard you talk about this at a homily at Broomtree. Oh, on nice. Retreat nice, nice, nice. A month or a year ago that you were on. So will you tell us how we can get more out of Mass. Because sometimes people are like, you know, Mass is boring. I'm not getting much out of it. Or maybe they're like, you know, Mass is great. I love Mass, but I want to go deeper yet. Sure. So what are your recommendations? Yeah, like there's always more to receive. And I'm on the, uh, you know, we're in the middle of the National Eucharistic Revival, yes. right? Yes. Uh, the vision for which is that we create a movement of Catholics across the United States, healed, converted, formed and united by an encounter with Christ Jesus in the Eucharist and sent on mission for the life of the world. Okay. Healed, converted, formed, united, and empowered for mission. I don't think this is the routine experience of your average Sunday mass goer, right? No, I think there's something more to receive, right? And so uh, sometimes we hear about uh, full, conscious, active participation in the liturgy. I think for a lot of people in their heads, that immediately equates to like, oh, I need to be more involved. Like I need to be an usher or a lector or sing in the choir or whatever it might be, right? And those are all wonderful things. Don't get me wrong. But there's something more uh, foundational and more transformational than just being a good volunteer for kind of the liturgical roles and volunteer situations at mass that can really help people. So that's what I want to focus on, mm -hmm. right? And uh, so I want to cooperate with what the Mass is. So we know the Eucharist, the word Eucharist in Greek means to give thanks. So I talk about like a pregame for Mass, you know, like mm -hmm. if you're going to get ready for the big game, you're getting suited up, you're getting the gear on. It's Super Bowl Sunday as we're recording this, this coming Sunday. Uh, so, you know, guys are in the locker room, they're getting ready, you're getting the pads on, you're doing your hoka chant, you know, like, right, get ready. <laughs> Uh, you don't want to just kind of walk out flat, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, and especially for families, like with kids, just getting to the church <laughs> can be an accomplishment, right? Thing. It can be a lot of things <laughs> that have a good. And what I'm going to talk about here is just a way that throughout the week, uh, parents can, and they can lead their children in this too, just be more prepared to enter more fully, consciously, and actively 
into the worship of God at Mass, okay? So the first thing I want to talk about is, um, t- well, kind of things, three things. Uh, Thanksgiving, I'm sorry, gratitude, grace, and word. It's like a little package. Mm-hmm. Like when I go out of the house, I check for my wallet, my keys, and my phone. Mm-hmm. So as I'm going to Mass, I want to check for these three things. So the whole Mass, the whole the Mass as the Eucharist, is a prayer of thanksgiving to God the Father in union with Jesus. It's Jesus's self-offering in gratitude to the Father for the Father's love. And we're caught up into that activity. So I want to come to Mass like ready to thank God. Okay. And that takes some doing, you know, because if I'm just kind of going through and I got a busy Sunday morning and I'm just kind of running out the door and getting everyone in the van, whatever, uh, that what I'm, what's really moved my heart with gratitude might not be uppermost in my mind as I walk into church. So one of the things that will just itself change people's experience of mass for the better is throughout the week, taking some time throughout the day, just to take stock of what in particular am I especially grateful for? And to make like a little, I don't know, bouquet or a little bundle of those things to be able to offer to God at mass, right? To be saying thank you to God throughout the different parts of the mass for the things that I find myself especially grateful for. And I say it that way in particular. I found over the years, there's a real difference between thinking, oh, what should I be grateful for versus, hey, what has really moved my heart with gratitude? In fact, okay, there's a million things I probably should be grateful for that I'm not feeling especially grateful for right now or in a given week or month or whatever. But uh, if I pay attention to the things that really move my heart with gratitude, uh, it's, it's beautiful because right behind that gratitude is actually my lived experience of God's love, right? So if people want to have a greater felt experience of God's love and grace and power when they come to mass, there's nothing more directly, uh, going to focus their hearts on that reality than this reflective Thanksgiving. So to come to mass ahead of time, having thought through and kind of prepared in my mind, uh, the things that I'm especially grateful for since I was last at Mass. Very, very helpful. Uh, I want to pair that with asking God for graces. The church teaches us, Jesus teaches us, to seek and knock and ask, right? And to do so persistently. And uh, when I lead retreats, when I lead the spiritual exercises, the 30-day retreat of St. Ignatius, uh, you know, we direct people to ask for different graces. And a grace here, I want to be clear, is not like, some prayer of intercession for, you know, peace in the world or the healing of grandma's cancer or, you know, needs in my community or whatever. Those are all wonderful things to pray for. Intercession is an important part of what we do when we worship at mass. But this grace is what I'm saying in particular, a good thing that I want to ask God for that will help me in my relationship with God. And uh, so like, God, bless me with a whole new lived experience of your love. God, uh, give me greater patience. God, increase my faith. God, I'm discouraged and tired. Give me encouragement and energy to live my life and my vocation, my responsibilities for this coming week. You know, like just good things I'm asking for. And people, when I talk about this, are very like, uh, like what could I ask God for? Or, oh, who am I to ask? Like people easily count themselves out from doing this. Unless like they don't feel worthy. Right. Right, because who am I to ask good things for God? Or uh, they just don't even have in their imagination what they might ask. And in that regard, I really encourage people to listen to the opening prayer, like, you know, at the beginning of Mass, the opening prayer, and the closing prayer after communion, 
and the prayer over the gifts after everything's ready on the altar. If you just look at those prayers, you can find them in Magnificat or in the Missalette, whatever. You can find them easily. It's like a school of desire. The church asks for big things in our common prayer at Mass, and that should encourage us to be asking for the particular things that we desire in our relationship with God when we come to Mass as well, but to exercise that desire. Desire is the measure of our capacity to receive from God. So if my desire is like really small or like comatose, I'm not going to receive much. And the way my desire grows is through exercising it. I stretch my desire by, in fact, seeking and knocking and asking and doing so persistently. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I want to come to Mass, like everyone, we can quiz each other on the way, like, hey, what's, what's the grace you're asking God for as we're on our way to Mass or when we catch up in the entryway with Very our friends? Practical. Yeah. What are you asking God for as you come to Mass today? Yeah. And uh, there's something that touches into faith with that because... Another reason people may not ask is, I might not really believe my faith may be not strong, that God desires good things and he will, he desires to pour out good things on us. Like, you know, uh, so again, how do I strengthen my faith? By asking and then watching what God does. So, uh, to have a grace that I'm asking God for my favorite uh, example of this, and it's a little hidden part at mass, um, in the preparation of the gifts, this time of the preparation of gifts when the deacon or the priest takes the chalice with the wine in it, and then they take a little drop of water, like, boop, into that. The prayer that the priest prays in that moment is, by the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Like, it's hard to ask bigger than that. Like, God, I want to share in your life. I don't want to just live my human life. I want to participate in your eternal divine life. And that's what we ask for. The church doesn't hesitate to ask for that for the whole, everyone who's gathered at every mass. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So we can let our desires go. We don't need to be like, oh, I'm just going to ask little things. <laughs> like ask big, ask often, mm -hmm. uh, have a grace, right? And then a word from scripture. So gratitude, grace, and word, while keys and phone, they come as a little bundle. Very, very helpful. Uh, and what I'll tell you is, you know, um, <laughs> uh, People differ in their opinions of the homilies they receive at their local <laughs> parish, right? Uh, my favorite thing in 23 years of priesthood is, and this happens all the time, you know, on the Sunday that the deacon preaches, and I'm in back of church shaking hands after Mass, right? People will come out after Mass and be like, Father, thank you so much for the homily. That was like one of your best homilies ever. I'm like, I didn't <laughs> preach. Right? And I don't, now maybe they're being kind of passive aggressive and just like, hey, Father, the best way for you to preach is just to keep your mouth shut. Like, you know, opinions differ. Or what will happen, more edifyingly perhaps, is people say like, you know, Father, when you said da 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 that just like moved my heart. And I know for certain I did not say da 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 Though those words never came out of my mouth. But as I'm trying to preach and rest where my God, God has me in relationship with himself, and that's the foundation of my preaching. The Holy Spirit speaks to people's hearts, even words, and they hear words that just never came out of my mouth. And that's happened a zillion times in 23 years of priesthood. But this is what I want to say in preparation for Mass. The more time you spend with the readings that will be proclaimed at that Mass throughout the week or in the day ahead before you go to Mass, if you go to daily Mass, um, instantly you're going to get an instant upgrade in the quality of the preaching. For sure. Okay? For like sure. the more time you've spent with the readings, magically suddenly 
father's homily or deacon's homily is going to be much more impactful, which has nothing to do with the deacon or the priest, but has to do with your uh, exposure to the word of God. The word of God is living and effective. It's alive with power. It accomplishes the purposes for which he has sent it. And it's just amazing. Uh, I, I know this from my own experience, you know, born and raised Catholic, always went to Sunday ch- church with my parents until I got my driver's license. Uh, and, you know, I can't, I couldn't remember two things that were ever preached at me, uh, all those years. But when I started praying and having a daily habit of prayer, and when I expect in particular, when I started early on, when I first started having a daily habit of prayer, I would pray with the coming Sunday mass readings. And all of a sudden homilies were like, holy cow, this is amazing. But what it was, was just a, a, a greater exposure to that word, greater time for that word to be at work in my heart. And it just kind of comes alive as the community of faith gathers for this encounter with God in our worship at mass. So gratitude, grace, and word, just taking time, prioritizing those things before you come to mass can absolutely uh, be a significant transformation of your experience of mass when you go, Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. So I love those. I love the wallet, keys, phone. But leave your phone at home when you're at mass. (laughs) Don't bring it to mass. Um, Love those. So what are um, other ways we can prepare prayerfully so even like um as far as like the sacrifice mm-hmm. that is taking place mm-hmm. at mass how can we unite ourselves more with that part yeah. of the mass so right so the mass is uh, a great prayer of thanksgiving to the father of jesus and we're united to him in that but it's also a sacrifice in fact the once for all sacrifice of christ on the cross is made present and effective for us at every mass but not only his suffering and death on the cross, but all the winning and disarming beauty and tenderness of the baby Jesus born in Bethlehem, all the power of Jesus to make holy the ordinary routines, you know, 30 years of his hidden life at Nazareth, right? Jesus made holy because he entered into them. He's the Holy one, like brushing our teeth and fixing dinner and washing the dishes and cleaning up the house and playing with friends. And going for a walk through the neighborhood. Like Jesus did that every day, like everyone does in a routine of life for the vast majority of his time on earth. And he made those things occasions of becoming holy, of becoming saints in our lives. He sanctified those things. So the church believer claims that every moment of Jesus's life, every word, every action is salvific, not just his sacrifice on the cross. So all that, all the power of his preaching, what is there about his word? He speaks a word with authority and even the demons obey him. People are always amazed at Jesus is preaching all the power of his preaching, all the power of his miracles, healing the lepers, raising the dead, curing the blind, healing cripples, you know, uh, all the authority of Jesus over evil spirits, casting them out, uh, in his divine authority, no competition against the enemy, all of that, uh, his suffering, death and resurrection, the glory of his resurrection, his ascension to heaven, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of Pentecost, all of those things are made present and effective for us at every mass. And we are called with Jesus who makes a free, total, faithful, life-giving gift of everything he is to the Father on behalf of humanity and each one of us. We're called to be united to his sacrifice, okay? So concretely, what does that look like, okay? Uh, And I just wanna point people's attention to the time of the offertory. Uh, The offertory is a busy time in parishes. There's a lot going on. 
you know, the baskets start moving around and there's some music going on, right? And, oh, did we get the envelope? And we're running through, <laughs> rummaging through the purse at the backpack. Uh, there's, you know, the family with the cute kids in the back who are going to be bringing up the gifts. There's the whole drama. Is that going to make it to the altar in one piece? Like, is that what's going to happen? Okay. I mean, there's a lot of things going on, right? Yeah. But the offertory is meant to be this time where I prepare to make an offering to God in union with Jesus, to God the Father in union with Jesus. And we know this through this little moment of the Mass. After the gifts are prepared, what does the priest invite? Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Oh, there's many very good Catholics who have never given a second thought to like, oh, what would I be offering to God? And so, again, in preparation for Mass, because that moment in Mass goes by pretty quick and it's busy. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff going on. So before I go to Mass, and you can do this even on a 10-minute drive to church, mm -hmm. but just to gather again my intention, like what do I want to put on the altar together with the bread and wine as my sacrifice? And what does God want us to offer to him? He wants us to offer everything. Myself, my life, my situations, my relationships, my gratitude, my uh, the, the, the things that are going great that I want more of in my life, uh, all my brokenness, my need for healing, everything that's miserable in life so it can be redeemed. Like the whole thing, the good, the bad, and the ugly, God wants me to offer to him. So to be concrete and human about it, like, well, what are, what's most on my mind this week? What's, what's like kind of, what's the main things that are going on in my life this week? What relationships am I spending a lot of time and energy on either celebrating or because it's been difficult? Uh, are there situations, uh, well, you know, just what's been on my heart and mind. I want to, again, kind of gather that together, together with the Thanksgiving that I've prepared for and place all of that intentionally on the altar with the bread and wine, because in a moment in, uh, the mass, there, as we get into the Eucharistic prayer, there's a, a beautiful part called the Epiclesis, where the priest prays, may the Holy Spirit come upon these gifts and make them holy. And I want my life, my relationships, my situations on the altar to receive that outpouring of the Holy Spirit, right? It is transformation. It's the power of God, the power of God's love, who makes all things new, who compounds everything that's good, true, and beautiful, and redeems everything that's not by the power of Jesus on the cross through his suffering, death, and glorious resurrection that is being poured out on the gifts that have been offered, not only to transubstantiate the bread and wine into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, but also to take up in our worship the sacrifice of my sacrifice and yours, everything that people have offered to God through that moment of the mass. It's a very powerful moment of the mass and one that's easily overlooked. For sure. Yeah. And that just blew my mind the first time I heard you say what you just did. Mm. It's mind blowing. Yeah. And that alone would have changed, I think, my my worship experience when you when you realize what is well, you know, you know, you kind of know what's going on, but yet you don't. Sure. But when like it's it's made me feel just so much more united to our Lord. Mm. And, um, yeah, it just, it just really brings that to life, I guess. And, um, and also I think biblically speaking, like, you know, reading in the, in scripture of how there's always, you know, sacrifice, sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And, and in our world, we're not doing that, you know, we're not, I don't know, like, um, more old fashioned, I should say sacrifices. And you think, what, what more could I do that would seem that I could just be more connected to that sacrifice? Mm -hmm. Um, and that part in the mass and this just, I'm just like, wow, 
mind-blowing to me. That is so beautiful. And I don't know how a worship experience couldn't be changed by uniting yourself so much more with our Lord in that way. So beautiful. So how about another thing that you had touched on um, when um, I heard you speak on this first was even how we can unite ourselves more during the penitential. Sure. That was also very life-changing for my mass experience. Yeah. I mean, we only have the time we have for our our time together here, but, um, you know, you could take any moment of the mass and there's just so much more that we can, uh, by which we can enter into more fully, consciously, and actively participate in it. But, you know, like uh, at the beginning of Mass, we we begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That itself is a huge and powerful prayer. And the Lord be with you and with your spirit. The Lord, the Lord be with you. That's a greeting in all of Scripture for people who have unimaginable, uh, powerful plans of God that He wants to unfold for their good and for the salvation of His people. So when we say the Lord be with you, we are saying like by virtue of your baptism, God has a plan for your life to unfold in power. You know, just like a simple moment like that, that we're just, you know, so common used to. But then recognizing that we're entering into the presence of God, an encounter with God who is holy, holy, holy. And I'm not. There's so many ways since I was last at mass uh, that I've sinned and I've fallen short of the holiness for which I'm created and in which I flourish. And so we begin, we come into God's presence, recognizing our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to my brothers and sisters that I've greatly sinned in my thoughts, in my words, in what I've done and what I've failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. And we turn in confidence to God's mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. That could just be the whole hour of Mass right there. Just, right? Um, I'm recognizing my need for forgiveness. And what am I doing with that? Am I sitting there feeling ashamed and beating myself up with self-recrimination and regret? No, I am being honest with God about that and asking for his mercy and asking with trust and confidence that he will give me mercy and eternal life besides, which is an awesome moment, but it's a general prayer. It's a general confession basically. And, uh, the more that I am attentive to like, well, what do I really want to ask God's forgiveness for? As I come to this mass, what's really bothering my conscience. And of course, if I'm aware of grave sin, I should go to confession before I receive communion. Uh, and confession is, a, I go to confession every two weeks, but whenever I'm aware of my sin, I turn right away to God and ask his forgiveness. And we have that moment at mass for this reason. So again, if I can do, uh, an examination of conscience in any day leading up to Sunday mass, uh, and just like gather together, what do I really want to ask God for? when we reach that moment and have it in mind so I can offer that to God and really open my heart in those particular ways to his response of love. When love touches that misery of my sin, that's what we call mercy. That's what mercy is. And I, again, the, the fullness of that is in the particulars. If I'm just kind of thinking like, oh yeah, I'm sure there's some way I've failed or mm-hmm. uh, I need God's forgiveness in some way. It's not going to move and transform my heart. But if I'm very aware, and I may have already gone to confession for the thing, but I want greater healing. Like, God, I'm presenting this to you again so that you who make all things new, you that make our skin, our sins, though they be scarlet, white as snow by the power of your precious blood poured out upon us, I want to enter into that encounter with your mercy because uh, I need it. And it's delightful when we open our hearts in that way. So in all of these things, you can just hear, this is like what we do in mass. Like the mass contains all these elements of thanking God, of asking God, of asking God's mercy in particular, 
and um, expressing gratitude to God. So the master just does this. But the more in particular I'm looking at those realities in my own life and relationship with God in preparation for Mass, uh, the more fully and consciously my heart's going to be disposed to receive the reality that we often miss because of the routineness of Mass, the reality of God's saving power made present and effective for us. Uh, the intention with which I go to Mass makes a real difference. And these are just really concrete human ways of being intentional about how I enter into kind of the flow of mass. So beautifully said. Father, thank you so much. Um, You're welcome. This, I know this will transform and help other people on their journey. So thank you, thank you for sharing this with us and um, so much appreciate that. Thanks for being here today, Father. Thanks for the invitation, Robin. God bless. Take care. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. Remember to like, subscribe, and share Living Lit and reach out with topics you'd like tackled at livinglit at sfcatholic.org. And be the light, shine the light, share the light, and live lit.